Thank you, Jason, once again for getting together this week to talk and continue in the series with, with Music Exchange about the business of music and, and giving concrete outcomes to questions that we see during the week. And we mentioned last week we talk about influence and I mentioned off air, what about influences? Mm -hmm. I think it's like, like I said, influence is one thing, but influence um, implies that there's a that uh, there is a network and I think it's before you kind of have the influencer and the influence discussion you have to identify the networks in which you want to move in or where where the people that can influence and, and affect your career live and breathe and then it's for you to find a way into those networks where those people by virtue of what you were saying have the influence that can affect your career positively so it's really a journey of and it's homework it's research you know we, we, we talk about it all the time about you know there's no such thing as a free lunch and no matter how great your song or what you believe in it or a small group of people around you feel you have to put in the time you know that they, they, they talk about the 10,000 hour rule I think in music terms it's probably more like 50,000 oh um, we, we said in, in talk one I think it was like a hundred thousand hours because you, your mind's got to keep going about thinking of outcomes but surely influence and influencers let, let, let's look at influence first it's also about looking out for fellow artists to amplify their work it yeah. might not necessarily be i manage a number of artists might not necessarily be about them yeah. but it's about helping colleagues hang on here's an opportunity let me connect you with someone who can help amplify their career. But that's the, that goes back to the network. You, over the last 30 plus years, have built up um, an established network of contacts, people who can, can work together. A lot of the time, you are, what you're doing is purely referring. There's, there's no, your, your intention is far bigger than looking for an immediate quick win uh, or looking to ingratiate yourself. It's a case of saying, hold on, I've got an artist or a manager who's looking to get something done. Oh, I know somebody, you get on the phone, you establish whatever it is that they need, and then you do the referral. And <clears throat> that's kind of probably about 70% of what Music Exchange is about. It's about connecting people to people and networks to networks. And then diving into that space with something to say with something to offer and sometimes it might not be anything that you think is fundamental but it could be oh i know a photographer or i know a designer or and typically because you've got a relationship with them not only can you negotiate a better rate or you can uh, you can start a conversation with them but it's because those guys are not going in cold and if you're a new or an upcoming artist you don't necessarily have um, access to that and that's what music exchange does every year at the conference is it gives people the opportunity to to engage with people that they otherwise wouldn't have a, had access to and all that you're doing is you're going i'm going to put you front and center if your work is if your work resonates if it's good enough then there'll be a further i mean conversation if, if i can give you an example it's interesting that you you say that and my mind's going back to the the 2019 conference when it was in the physical space at the Radisson Red and everything else and mm -hmm. 
um, a colleague who we all know, Derek Geddes, was sitting at the door. Now, he's involved in fashion, and I met him through all the fashion shows. Ooh. I used to do the audio for that. Was sitting at the door, and Sipa Mabuse, chairperson of Music Exchange, knows him well, and they're talking. And next minute, Derek says to me, Mart, there's this kid that Sipo's walking outside to have a talk to. Go and find out about this kid. You, you might have just missed it. There mm. might be something there. Mm. And, and I went there, and I was chatting to Sipo, who I'm fortunate to manage in that, and there was this kid, Milan Rendell. He had a sparkle in his eyes. He had something there, but he didn't know what he had. Mm. So we had a meeting post-music exchange, and he plays me all this music and everything else. I think, wow, this is really cool, but I'm not in the publishing space. Mm. Let me hook him up with one of the speakers who'd been there. Mm. He didn't know how to write the messaging. Mm. So it was John Fishlock, off we go. Mm. I go to the meeting so I can help edify and explain mm. what Milan is trying to do. Mm. Next minute, I find out he's got a little studio at his home. He's producing product. Cut mm. a long story short, he ended up getting a deal with Platoon, mm. which mm. is through Apple, and his product was, was distributed and out there. Yeah. Then we started writing him up, and now he's got this ongoing journey. It's but really it's from observing a moment. It, it was, well, in his case, it was Ted making a commitment, buying a ticket to Music Exchange and pitching up. And the thing is, he walked in there not knowing what he didn't know until he knew it, right? So, but he... He was brave enough to go and approach someone like Sipo and say, Hi, my name is Milan and this is you know, this is my story. And there was something, as you say, that resonated with Sipo. What you did was you brokered the rest of that journey. You didn't build a studio for him, you didn't organize his publishing, you pulled all of those people together and kind of amplified <clears throat> what what he believed to be worthy. And you believe had legs because you've got an ear for it. You've been doing it for a long time. And then if the music is good enough and if the passion is strong enough, then results happen. And I, th I think a good example of that. I think you hit the nail on the head. You, you said a word passion. I go mm. back to the 2021 Music Exchange, which is going to be online with Ticket Pro in September. And we interviewed um, Michael Smelly, who was on the board of Global Citizen. Mm. And he unpacks the whole story about global citizen, but one noteworthy point to bear in mind, and it's a little nuance in the conversation. These kids were in Melbourne, but they'd raised an inordinate amount of money already. Mm. They'd done work. Mm. They weren't coming cap in hand. Milan didn't come to me cap in hand. Mm. I saw something, I saw mm. a desire, and mm. how far it goes is up to him, and I think that's, that, that's the role you play in media as well. Yeah. You write, you help, express that article for them or, or, or connect them to someone and, and they've and then it's got up to carry, them. Then they, yeah. it's up to them and then you have to you have to take it and you have to run with it and yes all of the time you know the, the more you know going back to the original point the the bigger your network or the bigger the circle of influence that you can get yourself into the more likely you are to have you know get a result because at the end of the day, like we were saying last week, you know, you've got Spotify uploading 30,000 tracks a day. You are competing in an incredibly, well, certainly in the, in the last 20 years, you know, if you were a South African artist, you were competing in South Africa for a South African audience. And it was a lot harder to get your music outside of South Africa. But it was weirdly kind of convenient because it, it was a lot easier to convince uh, and, and, and get an audience in a very small pond now the gloves are off. The thing is, you put something on Spotify, it touches every corner of the world. So now you've got to be 
as good, if not better, than your peers. So the the rate of learning and the the, the absolute necessity for, for a network um, is, is absolutely critical to you achieving success because as we've seen, no matter how good the music is, if you know you can't you can't assume that you're going to be in the right place at the right time and the universe is just going to collude and everything's going to come together. You've got to be in the room. Milan was in the room. You know, he pitched up, he bought his ticket because he believed that there was something there, but he wasn't going, you know, entitlement. He wasn't going, you know, oh, that I'm just the creative, I'm just the artist. And yes, it's, you know, as we said last week, you know, make it, the business, make it your business to understand the business you're in. So that when things happen to you or when opportunities come past, A, you can identify them because you've walked that road to a certain extent. Um, where up until that point, Milan had probably had three or four opportunities that had literally flown past his door, but he didn't know what they were, what to, what to look for, and they passed him by. Whereas the more he empowered himself, the more he educated himself, and the more invested he became in the journey, not only the vehicle that he was driving in with his music, and that was when it kind of popped for him. But I, to, to give you another example, we've also talked about it often, respect the source. Now, I'm fortunate to write for two publications. It, it's You don't get remunerated, but I enjoy it. They've been incredibly well read and well received and everything else. And there's one question in there that I go, name your five favorite South African albums mm. because you want to push South African music and, and, and see the history of, of, well, of, of what, what, what people well. have looked at. Yeah. And, and I did one last week and I'm not going to name and shame because that's not, 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 not what this is all about. But there was this DJ who wrote, I don't really listen to South African music. And my quick reply is, well, I don't really want to write you up. Yeah. Have some authenticity about you. And I lay the blame actually at the PR firms who are maybe charging inordinate money mm. to shape the messaging for these guys. Well, check what your client has actually written mm. and help edify it. How many times have you put words and, and, and quotes in, in, into people's mouths? Um, yes. mouths? I've, what, I've, what, what, are they, what do they call it in, in journalistic terms? Is it a pull quote? Am I right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, the thing is, if you... Again, as you did, you talk to the point about respect, and it's, it really is about if you can hear that an artist is committed. In the case of your example with the artist who said, oh, I don't really, yes, that was an honest answer, so fair enough. Not everybody has to listen to South African music, but when, if I'm the artist and I get sent those questions, it's clear that, that you're looking for an answer to that question. If I, t to that point, I had not listened to any South African music or I didn't attach a value to it. I would have gone and listened to some. I would have, I would have, I would have trawled around, and I would have said, "Typically, I don't, but actually, and it's again, honest, authentic." Saying, "When you when you sent me the questions, it got me to thinking, why not? You know, and it and it probably has to do with you know with the fact that historically, South African music was always seen as being second class or second rate or not worthy, which is totally not true. The interesting thing is that you get." You get artists who get on a plane, they go and record in London, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's now now it's kind of weird. Okay, you record in a, in a studio in Cape Town or Joburg, and people go, oh, no, but that can't be good enough. Guess what? Damon Albin, you know, from Gorillaz and Blur, has recorded some of his best work in the Abbey Road studios in Johannesburg. 
Um, and he comes out here every year, but everybody around the world applauds him. They don't kind of look to mark it down that, oh, ooh, hold on, it was recorded in Cape Town, or it was recorded in Joburg. And it's, it's those kinds of weird barriers that a lot of, a lot of people still have, where open yourself up to the possibility of what you might actually be listening to. You listen to any BBC radio station, they're playing more and more and more South African music, which was recorded here, was mixed here, was mastered here, and they're seeing value in it internationally. And typically we do that, where at somebody else outside, like a Michael Smelly, that'll say to you, oh, this is very, very good. Or someone like um, you know, Charles Goldstock, who will say, oh, you should listen to this. Then you go and listen to it because they said so. Not, you know what I mean? It's quite not, sad that people are curious and about the, the place that we live in. You know, we always, historically, have always looked outside and we haven't, we haven't nurtured internally. And in, in the same way that artists go, oh, you know, yes, I might have a following here, but if I break it internationally or in, in a particular territory, then I've arrived. But and you've got to break it here. Yeah. It's so much easier to break here. You have a network. You have influence. Mm. You have influencers who, mm. who you can speak to. I mean, mm. I, I, I went for a walk on, on last Saturday with the head of one of the big commercial radio stations here in Cape Town. And he came with such a wonderful sage point. Commercial radio is about entertainment. Mm, so you... Unapologetically. So. You mark that in, in, in your brain and then you realize and you listen and you realize, okay, I'm going to pitch to that radio station. Mm, mm. But yes. I've heard this point. I need mm. to pitch for entertainment. Not point of view, mm. not my opinion. That's not for you. That's for yeah. a talk radio station. Yeah. And that's where I think influence can play such a big point because you're able to guide the person correctly on mm. what to do and what to say. What have you said so often? Um, your, your, your pitch document must be one page and your, mm. your, your ask must be so succinct. Mm. Mm. Because you again, to my point, that you are competing in a massive pool. And you know, in the case of a commercial radio station, if they don't playlist your music, it doesn't mean that they're a crap radio station. It doesn't. It just means that they have a playlist or a playlist um, uh, ethos. Ethos that that that's when you you go okay. I'm and we and we've written about this uh, on the Ayoba platform where we talk about don't pitch, you know, a pop song or a rock song to a gospel station. Don't you know take a gospel song and expect. KFM or, or, or a know, commercial top forty station to play job. They kind of are not gonna do that, and and for you to go, oh, they're not supporting South African music. That just talks to ignorance, and that goes back to the original point: is that if you are ignorant, if you don't know enough about the industry, you don't have to go and do four years of studies to become particularly good at that. There is a network. There are thousands of people in this country who are connected like we are globally that can help you do the thing that you shouldn't necessarily be particularly good at so yes your music is first and foremost but then like we said last week the once the song is recorded then the real journey starts but there may be people doing the pr doing the marketing doing the the pitching to radio but you as the artist, at no point do you then sit back, rest on your laurels, and then expect it all to happen. You know, you, you've interviewed Joan Armour Trading recently. I interviewed Moby two weeks ago. These are people who kind of don't need to be talking to us because 
you know, in the bigger scheme of things, we're small fry, but guess what? She gave of her time. He gave of his time because he understood that you don't know where your content that you generate is going to land and how it's going to resonate to the point that, you know, that all of a sudden somebody here at an agency hears a song that we were talking about on one of our talks and they go, hold on, I want a sync deal with that. You just don't know. But he pitched up. Giant, on the trading pitch up. But now to interrupt you to that mm. point, mm. the PR company who's doing mm. the PR for Joan in South Africa, mm. I sent it to them. They were very thankful. They must have sent it on to Joan. Mm. She wrote back and I get an email on Monday morning, Martin. We're absolutely delighted. Thank you once again. The live stream, worldwide live stream is on, on the 31st of July. Mm. We'd like to offer you a complimentary ticket to watch the show. It's I think ticket prices are between 30 and 40 pounds. That's mm. like six, six or seven hundred rand, rand, maybe. Yeah. And I said, absolutely delighted. They said, thank you. Mm. Look out on your inbox on the morning of mm. the show. And we will send you your morning. private link and everything and else. It will be there. And, it will and be what there. am I going to do? Mm. I'm going to be on the Saturday morning. Guess what I'm doing tonight, guys? Well, Here's the doing? link. What are you doing now? Talking about Joan of a Trading. Yeah. So, I don't know where it's going to land, so. but I'm going to sit back there and go, wow, yeah. I heard it on her new single on one of the major radio stations mm. in South Africa, Radio Metro, on a mm. Sunday morning. Mm. Um, Wilson Bean Corsi, who is just the most divine radio DJ, entertaining, mm. Mm. has played Joan's single on two consecutive Sundays. He only has a Sunday show. Yeah, he became a fan. And that's, because mm. I know he's a fan, I found the private Facebook group and I put, I said, Wilson, here's mm. the article mm. I've just done on Joan. Lovely. He read it and he's played the single Consequences twice. And he probably well, that's spoke enormous. about the interview as well. So again, what happened there? There was no money that changed hands on any of those no. occasions. That was, that was the network. That was the power of going, you know, if you go, if you went to the South African and said to them, I will only give you the journal on the trading story if you pay me, they would go, look, we'd really love to pay you, but we just don't have budget for it. And then you denied, A, that audience access to it, but also you denied the audience that loves Joan Arbor Trading's music. And there's four and a half million people on that platform that missed out. And guess what? You didn't get profiled. So now it's harder for you when you go to a label or to an artist saying, I want to do a story with you. And they say, well, where's it going to run? And you're and, going to go... Or where's your latest works? And you go, mm. oh, well, hi, I'm John. I'm a trading and I did this interview with so-and-so. And it never ran. Yeah, it ran That word mom. spreads very quickly yes. with the powers that be totally. in, in, in the UK. It's totally. And it, it, it really is about... It's got to be reciprocal. But as we always bang on about, it's got to be respectful. Um, and then you didn't do the John I'm a trading, in, John I'm a trading interview expecting a ticket. You really Not at didn't. all. You were happy, if only, I mean, and like I, we said last week, I must have interviewed her probably 20 years ago. And that in itself was just to be in the room with her was 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 enough. So when I wrote the story and it, and I sent it out, it was probably the Cape Times at the time, you know, where they paid, literally paid a stipend. And if I had done it for the money, I would, I would never put it in. I did it because I was passionate, because she gave a great interview and I could see that she was really invested in. And we, A, we both walked away from there having thoroughly enjoyed the experience. So massive tick. So if that's all that happened, great. But guess what? It went a step further. Then we got it published. Then it went there. Then it goes on to the radio. And so that little ecosystem grows and grows and grows. And then weirdly, like in your case, 
the money part comes in way later in, in a very different way, most times in a much bigger way. So if you are blinkered and, and short-sighted and going, this is this has got to happen, it's got to happen now, and I'm only going to work under these, you know, to these particular terms, then don't, don't, don't even bother. You know, it's a case of you've got to think wider. So when you approach a network, you're not going to get into that network and within 24 hours you're going to be, you know, playlisted on the billboard charts. It, it doesn't work that way. But it's a journey and it's a commitment. And it's also a reciprocal investment that you make with those people. I mean, we have it with people like, you know, Dr. Trevor Jones, where, you know, we think we have nothing to add to the conversation with him. Yet, every time we've met with him and we've broken bread with him, he leaves richer for it, oddly. And we're we going, really? But we're with Trevor Jones, yeah. yeah. But no, it's because, again, we are respectful, we are reciprocal, and we share, and we listen, um, and... And so is, is that a problem in, in South Africa? You say we listen. Mm. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth. We tend not to listen enough. Am I right as well, well sometimes? Well, there's, there was something that was said to me by, by the owner of a media company that I worked at uh, years ago. Where, you know, um, I would go in very passionately, you know, banging on about a particular thing. Um, and, and she took me to one side and she said, listen, just but there's a difference between listening and deep listening. So listen to what people are actually saying, you know, because typically what happens, and, and I'm still guilty of it, you're guilty of it too, is that when you get excited about something, you kind of talk over people. You also, they will then respond, but you're not listening to what they're saying. You're you just want your point to get it through, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the art of, <laughs> the art of deep listening, um, you know, you can have a, a two-minute conversation with, with an artist or a, you know, a Moby or a, you know, Joan Armour Trading, but those two minutes are not just 120 seconds. It could be that piece of information that you get could be fundamental. So it's not the length of it. It's about well, well look the at deep look listening. at the walk that I went with the head of the station last mm. Saturday. Mm. Our phones weren't out. We were walking. We were talking. Mm. And he just dropped that little gem. Mm. And I'm going because you were listening. Remember it. You were paying attention. Yeah. I go to meetings nowadays and I think so many people and so many artists do, they take their laptops and the laptop must be open and this and that. Mm. I leave that behind nowadays. Mm. I take a scrapbook mm. and a pen mm. and I write down pen and paper mm. and, and, and I, I do it that way. And then, mm. and then to go back to influence and trying to network, um, I'm sure most people know the British and Irish Lions are, are here and they're doing the three test series in, in South Africa. Yeah, <laughs> the, the British and Irish Lions, once every 12 years. And about influence, just going back to this final point mm. to close off today. Mm. Um, I'm dear friends with one of the photographers, Steve Hogg, mm. has covered all the box all over the world, World Cup. We go back to 2011 when I went to New Zealand to see the All Blacks play, etc. I met him through my great mate, Mike Greenaway, who's one of the top rugby writers in the country. He wrote John Smith's book, Captain in the Cauldron. Mm. Now you see where I'm going. We're dear friends with um, a management company headed up by Leslie Wells, who looks mm. after the Mozambican saxophonist um, Morera Chongisa. Mm. She's also got a number of other acts, mm. and one of her acts is going to be, I'm not going to spoil the name because we'll see it tomorrow on TV, um, is going to be singing the South African National Anthem. Mm. 
Now, I got hot sticks to sing the South African National Anthem way back the day in Soweto when the All Blacks played mm. uh, South Africa. Mm. And I knew I was running around like a headless chicken trying to take mm. photographs. What did I do? Networked because I saw Steve this week and mm. we had a catch-up. He's doing photographs for a big um, British-based agency. I mm. said, Steve, what are you doing? Do you do pictures of the anthem singers? No, Mark, why? And I explained mm. to him the whole story. He said, sure, look me it. up. But he hadn't thought, he hadn't about, thought it. about it. Mm. Hook me up with the management. Mm. I hooked him up with the management. There's a funds transfer. He's shooting those pictures mm. for Leslie. Mm. And the artist is going to be able to use it. It's a once-in-a-lifetime mm. opportunity. Absolutely. As opposed to her taking the pictures on her cell phone. Absolutely. Which Business will... has been done and everybody's happy. I feel quality. completely vindicated yeah. because my connections have worked. The network. The power of the network. And again, it's about, it's about respecting it. It was, it was a case of when you called him up, it wasn't a question of, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm calling in a favor. It was a case of, here's Here a business opportunity for you. And the thing is, like when, when, when SIPO um, performed, right, that event was, was, was a catalyst to probably 50 other shows that he did for the, for the years after that. We, we, we got an hour on 5FM. Talking about the anthem. Incredible. How did he get the anthem? Then he mm. got phone calls when he did it mm. from the then Minister of Finance in the South African government, Trevor Manuel, etc., mm. etc. Et mm. The spin-off was absolutely enormous. The network the, was the, amplified. The Minister mm. of Sport at the time, Fakili Mbalula, mm. saw SIPO afterwards mm. and thing, and invariably said to him, speak to so-and-so in the department, we need you for something, for some national sports yeah. award. Yeah, yeah. And so it goes. And so it went. Yeah. Paying, paying it forward, playing it forward, call it what you will. But it really is about that. And the thing is, Sipo pitched up. You know, he brushed his hair, he combed his, you know, he brushed his teeth, combed his hair. And the game up. kicked off at five. We were in the stadium at two o'clock that afternoon. Yeah. Ready and waiting yeah. and willing and done. Yeah. And the thing is, everyone around that, everyone involved with that went, okay, these guys are being respectful. They're being absolutely professional. Um, and you know what? I'll work with them again and I'll refer them on. And what did that take? Nothing other than a commitment. Where it took a little bit of sweat capital of me, PR and working yeah, and doing stuff. Understand. But I'm a manager, so you need to do that. But you also understand that there's a thousand people that made that event happen. And you respected each and every one that you, you probably didn't speak to 90% of them. But they needed you guys to be in a particular place at a particular time. And guess what? You were there 15 minutes, half an hour before. They were immediately going, that's something I don't have to worry about. I can focus on that. And it, it's kind of a wink and a nod. And it's a case of saying thank you. To, to look at that call sheet, it's literally by the second because it's worldwide live television. It's, it's that game needs to kick off at a particular time and it kicks off. Mm. So much so, even the, so the music piece that we put in that Sipo mm. performed prior to it, mm. I was told four minutes and 20 seconds. Not four minutes, it needed to be four minutes and, and 20, 20 seconds. seconds. And it was cut to exactly, exactly what they wanted. Right. Sent to them a month in beforehand to mm. approve, etc. Mm. It was a medley of mm. all these hits. Mm. I mean, you can imagine. Jive, Soweto, Shakisha and Burnout and you're playing at the F&B Stadium. It's the, booming the, out. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, the roof came off. Not that there is a roof when the wind burnout and they suddenly realized, oh my heavens. This you is know, what it is. Yeah. This yeah. is what it is. Yeah. You know, here we go. Let's go, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that is, I think that's a classic point of illustrating the power of the network, the power of influence, based, fun, the fundamental basis of which is respect. Respect the source. Remember, I mean, I bang on about that all the time, is if you remain humble to the source, if you are respectful of the source, 
it will feed you. It will feed you. It's a lovely note to send off. Respect the source. Thank you, Jason. Thank you once again for the time. And Likewise, please, if, if, if there are comments and people would like to say things, you can email us. It's info at musicexchange.org.za. Info at musicexchange, one word, dot org, dot za. Thanks very much. Till next week. Ciao. Cheers.